Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. New South Wales first. It's got a release. New South Wales hit back. Six metres out, Cook go left-hand side to Cleary, who stops it. Straight up, Nathan reaches out. Oh, he gets through him, gets past one. And Jerome Luai, Panthers, that, picks up a try. They're skipping away now, the Blues. Bird picks it up, goes on. Yeah. Picks the ball up, scores an yeah. over try. Luai gets a pass. Now on SEN, Bleed Blue, the New South Wales origin story. Hello and welcome to Bleed Blue, the New South Wales state of origin story. Over the next hour, as we count down to SEN's coverage of Game 1 live from Adelaide, my breakfast co-host and Blues advisor Greg Alexander speaks with some of the key people from within the Blues camp. We also relive interviews aired on SEN over the past week, including with debutants Nico Hines and the recalled Josh Adokar. But let's bring in Brandy right now, who spoke with New South Wales coach Brad Fittler within the Blues camp when the team first set up base in Coogee. Freddie, the sixth series camp is underway. We're here in Coogee. Um, how excited are you for this uh, for this one coming up? Uh, there's a chance for redemption, of course, losing last year. In, and I said to someone today, heartbreaking circumstances, there isn't anything quite like an origin loss or win, but a loss. So coming to this one off the back of a, a, a series loss um, in a decider up there in at Suncorp, how excited are you to turn the tables this year? Yeah, there's definitely a difference other than the absolute obvious of the winning and losing, but losing for some reason in origin really sharpened you up. And the one thing I've learned is you don't wait to prepare for the camp. It pretty much starts straight away from when you lose. And yeah, I think I go through a process of looking at what happened and, you know, uh, selections, training, uh, tactics, all sorts of things. Travel, food, the whole lot. And it just puts you on a path straight away to it ends up, you know, a 12-month preparation. So uh, this is like, you know, the first the first week of really uh, something that's been sort of lingering now for 11 months, 10 mm. months. Yes, yes. Uh, now the team. I know the answer to this, but I just want you to explain it, how you see things. But picking the team uh, starts when, and just tell me the process that goes through your mind over the, the 11 or 12 rounds of NRL before you, you name the side. Well, the World Cup obviously had a bearing, uh, watching players play together. Uh, representative football is representative football. It's about being in other teams, you know, minimal preparations and 
how you combine. So the World Cup was interesting. I think also then just straight away, uh, you know, players who are playing big games, um, you know, there's obviously players that are injured or they get injured during. Looking at form, I I like to put you know people in my own head to you know and picture them in that position and then watch them when I do that. I I, I watch them very closely and I you know I've got access to video where I can sit there and just watch their play off the ball, on the ball, what they're doing and. Uh, I really enjoy that part because I sort of get set on people and then I, you know, sometimes you watch them a bit close and go, well, you know what, well, maybe uh, I might have to go another way. So mm. it's just a little process I like to go through. But I find out when I have, when I sort of pick, mm. I, I scrutinise players much more because I think, I, you know, I want to be as certain as possible. So Got to drill down. That's it. Mm. And that's the best way to do it. I find the best way for me to be really um, sensitive when I'm watching players is sort of, you know, really put them in the position. So... Mm. And I like it. I enjoy it. It means I watch football closer and, um, yeah, it's sort of the more detail. I think there's a lot of media terminology that floats around origin um, and in selection, pick and stick, mm. uh, combinations, um, form. Would you agree that it's not there's, – there's no set and fast rule on any of those things? No, because it all changes. It changes every week. You know, players come along, um, players are injured, you know, the level of their injury – uh, teams' form goes up and down. If anything, I'd have to say that you know teams' form because you just stand out so much more when your team wins, when than when you're going through a losing. Uh, you know times when you're losing and confidence is down. So you know like clubs have a huge bearing on obviously players' you know, confidence and form. But I guess it, in in the end, even looking at that confidence and form. Um, players that have done the job before, mm. you, sometimes, depending on who they are and what position they play, players that have done the job before, even if they're playing in a, in a team that's not travelling well, their confidence mm. might be down. You've, you've still sometimes got to show confidence in them that they can do the job because it's been done before. Well, what happens over the process of coaching for five years, you, you get a level of trust. And then once you get the trust, then they just get picked. Mm. Uh, unless something drastic happens and things... Um, you know, the parameters change where someone's coming through and they're, you know, um, in terrific form or form you just can't deny. Or, mm. But once you get the trust, you normally really run with them unless there's something um, incredibly obvious that um, sort of takes over that. But, yeah, very rarely once, you know, once I've got the trust, I feel like, you know, I just normally just go. How, how much do you think you've changed from the 2018 original uh, series? where you were the head coach, to, to now? Yeah, heaps. And the only way I can do it is change my whole life. Like, I, I'm not a sort of person that can sort of go in and out and be a coach for six weeks, and I can't do that. Now, some people can, um, but I think I learned early that I had to live a certain way, and and I, once I decided that I still wanted to coach and keep coaching, that's just how I live now. Um, so... Um, yeah, so your role, it's, so it's 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 you know you, you play between in a six or seven week period, eight mm. week period, uh, through July, June and July, uh, but you've take you you look at it as a twelve month job. Yeah, well, there's there's things that I can do as an Origin coach. Uh, there's some community stuff I can do uh, because I wear the badge of an Origin coach, and I just take advantage of that fact. I. Uh, I'm able to get sponsors at different stages and be going around. I obviously do that motorbike ride where I go around every year. And basically what I just try to do is just throughout New South Wales, 
um, just rally people to get out in community and get into sport. And I encourage rugby league, but at the end of the day, just you know, trying to give kids a chance and an opportunity. Mm. And so that's you know that's what I do with the badge. I you know there's other areas I look into uh, where I feel like I can um, help out. You know, whether it's in pathways, because I know that like, when I look back, I think I started playing when I was three or four. I went through, I started playing early and, you know, went, got to the level of Australian captain and then coached at a club level. And I ended up getting the confidence that I pretty much know the game fairly well. You know, I'd know it as, you know, from a different angle, obviously, because it's my angle. I'm not saying I'm the best at it, but I know it. I've been around it for a long time. So at some stage along there, I just got the confidence that, you know what? You know, I'm, I'm well, you know what? You know what Origin's about. Um, played the most games for New South Wales ever. Um, been a New South Wales captain. Um, does it irk you at times when parts of the media will say, well, New South Wales just don't know Origin? <laughs> like, I get surprised. I get more surprised that you get there's a lack of support um, throughout about you know who you pick. It's always, it's, everything's a question and everything you, it's like they want to roll the fans up because, you know, you understand New South Wales has a certain amount of teams and Sydney alone has nine teams. So you can see that the media just trying to, try to get, uh, you know, people agitated, I feel, all the time. There's, there's a real um, lack of um, sort of willingness to just support the coach and support the, the team. It, it feels like it's always being agitated and... Um, yeah, I, I, I get so surprised. But the other key is when you talk about change, hmm. I, don't, I don't listen to it. So I, I don't do any social media at all. I don't watch any shows. I, 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 you know, I touch a paper and if I feel like it's going to have an article on Origin or, you know, if it, unless it's uh, into a certain player, I just, I don't, I don't go near it. So my head's not touching it at all. But there's people around me always constantly saying, you know, what about this person saying this about you? Mm. Or, you know, mm. they're saying this about the team. Or they're saying, I'm like, yep. what are they from New South Wales? And they're saying this. They go, yeah, they're from New South Wales. I'm like, really? You know, why would they do that? It, it sort of surprises me so much. Uh, three debutants for this one, um, or three players will make their debuts. Nico Hines, Hudson Young, Tavita Pangai. Um, it's always very exciting to get new players into camp. And I, Tavita has never been part, like he's been part of uh, emerging. Mm. Um, and he came and had a chat with us way back in 2019, um, but it, now he's part of it. Hudson Young, brand new. Mm. Uh, Nico Hines, part of the, the crew last year, just uh, yet to make his uh, run on uh, debut. But uh, that will happen uh, in Adelaide for those three. What an exciting time. When you talk to anyone about their first times, the coaching, watching them come into camps, interesting because there's so many stars in there and all the players that... You know, week in, week out that they focus on. They're all in one room. So I love watching them come into the room. Uh, obviously, the way they behave and the way they train is, uh, you know, important. I, I love them. Competitive players, and you can see that in all three of those players. And, you know, the game's, you know, hindsight at the end of the game, we'll sit back and go, well, they, they were wonderful or, you know, things happened. And, mm. you know, that's the game. It's just the way it always is. But, you know, all three were for different reasons, and I could sit here and talk about all three a lot. But what I do, do I have confidence in all three? I feel like they're at the best part of their life and the best part of their footy life. So that's why I believe they're ready. Well, I know they're ready for the opportunity. 
What do you think about neutral ground? And it's been that, that way for, for a number of years now, Melbourne, Perth mm. or Adelaide. Are you, are you a fan of the one game a year at a neutral ground? I think it's a great way to showcase our game. I think uh, having a game each in Queensland and New South Wales is the fairest way possible. And having a neutral venue, I think, is an awesome way to showcase our game. When you think of Queensland over the last five years, if I, if I was to say to you, what are the name two or three of the players that spring to mind over the last five years that just have been incredible for 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 the Maroons? I'd say, and, the, uh, and that scare the hell out of you. I'd say Ben Hunt. Mm-hmm. He uh, he just competes um, till the death all the time. Uh, Cameron Munster, obviously, he's. The talented one, he's like, you know, he can just, there was a game, I think, in 2020 where he just was, he pretty much was just too good. He had one of those games where everything came off and he was he was incredible. Um, there's a couple others. What, what about what about Josh Papali'i? Josh Papali'i, I was very surprised when he retired because mm. he's a concern for me. He's one of those people that has the ability to just get a ball out of nowhere you can talk about him all week, but he's just so, you know, just has that footwork, strength, surge, whatever it is, mm. to be able to just do something. So uh, I was very surprised that he wasn't, he's not playing. But uh, from a forwards point of view, uh, Carrigan's one of those players at the moment where I, I've got a lot of respect for. Mm. Um, you know, there's quite a few actually. Tino, yep. I remember Tino's first game in Adelaide, just watching him skip across the field. I just went, wow, you know. He's like 20 years old, I think, at the time. I was like, you know what? He's going to be a handful for a long time. And he's proven that he's every game he's a handful. So the one thing I do like, their team, they've got a, a really good team. They've obviously got a good coach. They've got a good team. I don't think Start of Origin has been as healthy for a long time. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, mm-hmm. it's, been, it's been great to catch up. We will uh, yeah, we'll jump on a plane on Monday, fly to Adelaide, and uh, hopefully uh, get the result in game one. Appreciate your time. Cheers. Brandy there with New South Wales Blues coach Brad Fittler prior to the team arriving here in Adelaide a couple of days ago. And there's plenty more to come in this SEN special Bleed Blue, the New South Wales origin story. Stay with us because after the break, we speak with the one and only Josh Adokar. Welcome back to this SEN special Bleed Blue, the New South Wales origin story. Josh Adokar, the Fox, missed out on selection in last year's series, but that signature laugh makes a triumphant return to the Blues this year. Last week with co-host Trent Copeland, we spoke with the Fox on SEN's breakfast show ahead of the team's arrival here in Adelaide. So let's bring him in, the Fox, Josh Adokar. It's always great to put the jersey on and be around some of the best players and um, yeah, I'm really thankful and grateful to be back with and, mate, what, what about the injury? Trent Copeland here, mate. I love your work. Uh, I, what about the injury? Were you always sure you'd get back for this? I didn't really think about it, to be honest with you. I was just, just lucky and um, that I had the right support around me and I got back a bit earlier than usual. And, um, I did everything possible uh, in terms of like ice, icing and all that kind of stuff. And Yeah, I just got lucky to, to come back before Origin, I think. Now, I asked this question of your coach. You, you featured on the fan last week on Fox League and um, we had teammates of yours impersonating your laugh. I don't know whether you got to see it, but I think nah, Jacob, Correa... <laughs> Jacob Correa's nailed it. But, like, we're all... Everyone spoke about the fun and enthusiasm, but I did ask your coach, Cameron Serraldo, 
where yep. does he get his drive from? Where's the hard edge competitor? Because you've achieved a hell of a lot in your rugby league career. The serious side of Josh Addo Carl, where do we find that and what drives you? What makes you dick? I've never been asked that question before, but um, no, I just, I don't know, I just love competing, I think. Yeah, I'm not the fittest or the strongest you know, player in the competition, but I, I like helping the, the players around me. And, yeah, and I love being around the right people too, so I think that's what drives me, you know. What about the last couple of days, mate, when, since you've been in Origin Camp? What's it been like? What's Freddie had for you? Nah, it's been good. You know, a lot of bonding sessions and a lot of video and all that kind of stuff and getting to know the boys. We're not allowed on our phone. But it's been good. It's been um, you know, the same since the last couple of years I've been involved in and love being around the lads. Um, I know pretty much everyone in the team and we've got some sort of connection outside of footy as well. So yeah, it's good to be back with the lads. Yeah, over at the World Cup, so there was talk about you swapping sides with Brian Toto. I mean, at the World Cup, you found yourself, well, you scored a million tries at the World Cup, um, yeah. Fox, but uh, outside of Latrell Mitchell, World Cup final, Old Trafford, is that the way it unfolds at, at Origin? It's just like, okay, here we go again. Yeah, hopefully, man. Um, yeah, I've been preparing the very best I can, and that's what I, that was my mindset when I went over to, went over, went over to the World Cup. Um, you know, I try to prepare the very best I can and, and have fun at the same time, and, and that's what I've always done wherever I've gone. So, yeah, I think it just comes down to preparation and, and coming up with the combinations with your, with your teammates next year. So, hopefully, bro, hopefully I can put some um, points on the board and, and save some tries at the same time. I'm not the elite sportsman in this chat. Trent's played at the highest level. You've played at the highest level, Josh. Can you help me out? It, Origin is so big. It's a monster. Like, you know, the crowd, the television audience, how much we build it up. Is there fear? Yeah, I think it just comes all down to training, um, how you prepare, tick everything, uh, tick everything off uh, through training, and um, yeah, you always get nervous. I think it's just a, it's just a natural thing that, and it just shows how much you care um, about your performance and uh, about your teammates and and who's uh, supporting you. So yeah, you do get nervous, but I think it's a good thing. And Josh, what about your opposition? How much do you look at your direct opponent, but even just Queensland in general? How are you going to beat them? I think if we just worry about ourselves, I think. When we've been really successful, we've prepared well. Um, you know, we've te- we've done everything through training and all that kind of stuff, and we can um, you know watch as, ma- as much video as we can, but as we want. Sorry, so um, if we if we worry about ourselves and worry about what we have to do come Wednesday night, I'm sure we'll get the job done. All right, now there's questions from listeners. Are you ready for these? This could be anything uh, coming in, uh, Fox. Uh, <laughs> we've got ask the Fox who's faster, you or Reese Lightning? We're going back to. Um, uh, Royston Lightning. It would be Reese Lightning. It would be Royston Lightning. Did you remember Royston Lightning coming through Canberra? Yeah. No, no, I don't. I thought he said Grease yeah, Lightning. I said... <laughs> yeah. Grease Lightning. The movie. That... <laughs> I well, know, okay. I, I don't, I don't. Well, who do you think's faster than you in the game, Josh? Is there anyone that you think's quicker uh, than you? Sabi, uh, yeah. Xavier Savage, probably the Hammer. There's a lot of there's a lot of young fellas coming through that, um, you know, that... That bring the excitement to the game, and yeah, I'm just lucky enough to be on that list with those boys. So um, I yeah. think it's just great for the game to have a lot of speedsters in it. So here's a good All one. Right, Rob. Here's a good one yeah. from Rob Vossi. Is it true that the fox can flick the light switch and be in bed before the light goes off? <laughs> Muhammad Ali, hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Is that that one? Is that that one? Yeah, that's that one. Yes, Jack Gibson used to say he used that commentary for ET. To test it in your hotel yeah, room. Who are, you, who are you rooming with, uh, Fox? Nah, we got our rooms to ourselves. This this camp oh, never used to, wow. but lucky enough to have our wow. rooms. Yeah. Have you seen Brandy? Have you I seen Brandy in the hallways taking anything? Brandy walking around the hallways with slippers, spoons, stealing things from the hotel. Uh, Brandy's always on his phone in, in the hallways. Brandy's always on his phone. <laughs> <laughs>
Randy up in the penthouse with, with Fred. We <laughs> believe that. We understand that 100%. Like, we're, on the, on, we're on the first level. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to go, guys. Uh-huh. They're into me here. But, um, All right. I appreciate Uncle you um, having me on, eh? Good, yeah, good luck, man. Mate. Josh Adekar. <laughs> He's bossy, bro. Welcome back to this SEN special, Bleed Blue, the New South Wales origin story. The Dallium medal winner from last year, Nico Hines, has been one of the standout players through the first half of the 2023 NRL season. His form was rightfully rewarded, with Brad Fittler naming the Cronulla Sharks halfback as one of three debutants. SEN Afternoons host Jimmy Smith caught up with Nico after one of the Blues training sessions. G'day, Nico. Hey, guys. How are we? Yeah, really well, mate. Really appreciate your time today, so thank you for that. How, how do you feel? Now you're about halfway through your prep for your first Origin game. Do you feel comfortable? Yeah, I feel comfortable. It's um, been a, a process for the last couple of years where I've been in around the squad, so... Um, coming into this time being actually in the 17, um, I think it's a, I'm better off knowing that I spent the last few um, series with the team, so I'm a bit more confident coming into camp knowing that I'm playing rather than this being my first camp going straight into playing. So pretty lucky that I got the experience at all over the last couple of years. Uh, who are the players that you've gravitated to over the course of the camp thus far, Nico? Um, I'm a bit of a... I can't say it on the, online, but I like to spread my wings and go to different people, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, but I mean, Turbo and I have reconnected again. We uh, spent a lot of time at Manly when I was a bit younger, um, playing footy together. So I got to spend a lot of time with him, um, get around Nathan, Teddy, and then obviously Latrell and Addo, the um, my Aboriginal brothers. So um, hang out. With, I just try to hang out with as many people as I can and get to know everyone. Yeah, fantastic. How is Tur- we don't sort of know to, like we we. We think we know Turbo. We want to know Turbo, but we don't really know Turbo. I was listening to you on a program the other day. It might have been NRL 360, and he's got a bit of chat about him, has he, Turbo? Yeah, he does. He um, he thinks he's because uh, he's really smart, so he thinks he can outsmart you with his chat. Like <laughs> if you get into an argument with him, because he he's a bit smarter, everyone will try and outsmart you. With, um, that sort of chat, but fantastic hey um from what i understand from the vision that i've seen you've been getting into dummy half as well how much work have you been doing there how much has someone else or anyone else other than appy coruscant been doing at dummy half yeah i think there's a couple of players that uh, can put their hand up and play in nine if freddie needs to i'm um the cameras rally getting me training at night at the moment for some reason but um i'm just in effort and in all different positions, not just nine. I've got to cover out in every outside back position, um, maybe in the middle at some point or nine. So um, I think everyone's just sort of running the script of I'm going to be playing nine, but I'm going to um, put my hand up to play anywhere and, and practice everywhere. And um, uh, yeah, so it's not just nine. I'm, I'm trying to drop my eyes and cross my T's in every position. Yeah. And Nico, how's it been? Um, have you had a chance to run at seven? You know, who knows what happens in a game, but. Uh, a chance to run at seven and then start telling everyone, um, you know, all these all these players, these great players, about where to go and what to do. Yeah, I've jumped in there a few times. Like I said, I've, I'm trying to cover everywhere and I'll jump in at seven, six, one, nine in the centres just to make sure that I'm covered so my teammates can trust me and so the coaching staff can if I have to get out there at some stage. Have you done much work on Queensland? Have you had a look at what their squad is and what they might potentially be looking to do? Uh, I think we're more worried about us for the first half of this week. Um, I think the technical stuff on them might come later in the week, but uh, at the end of the day, you've got to get your own um, team in check and your own camp in check and, and really worry about what we're going to bring to the game first and, um, and then we'll worry about them a bit later. Yeah, no doubt. Um, 
Now, Nico, it's been well documented um, uh, with what's gone on with your mum and you've been a, a great support to her there as well. Um, what has been the family reaction to your selection in this starting 17 for the New South Wales Blues? Yeah, they're all just really, really proud and can't wait to get over there and watch. Um, yeah, my dad's a, a really, really proud man at the moment and he's been the, um, the rugby league coach, rugby league dad, the rugby league fan of mine for ever since I could walk. So, um, yeah, he's just over the moon and uh, he's just glad he gets to put on a, a New South Wales jersey and support uh, me rather than supporting just from the, from the lounge room. So, um, yeah, all my whole family and all my closest friends are just really, really proud and they just can't wait to see us go into war. It often starts with a dream um, and then the belief comes later. It's clear that you've got the belief now, Nico. Tell us about the start of the dream of, of you playing for New South Wales. Yeah, it started when I was a young fella and um, growing up in Yamato, watching the, the superstars go on TV, just wishing and hoping I'd be there one day. So, um, yeah, it's always been a massive, massive dream of mine and uh, I'm just really grateful that I've got to be a part of a few camps and now I get to pull on a jersey and run on and, and uh, play the game. So, um, yeah, it just it always starts as a little kid in your lounge room watching the, the big screen in the lounge room. But, um, yeah, it's really pumped to be a part of it. Uh, it's absolutely huge. It's so exciting for everyone, especially us supporters of the team as well. can only imagine how exciting it is to be running out there and playing. Nico, great to spend some time with you, mate. Go get him on Wednesday night. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Nico Hines there, and we can't wait for him to run out tonight as one of three debutants in the New South Wales Blues team. Stay with us because after the break, Brandy is back and he catches up with the most recent player to be inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame, Danny Badiris. Welcome back to this SEN special Bleed Blue, the New South Wales origin story. Rugby league legend Danny Badiris was last week among five players to be inducted into the New South Wales Rugby League Hall of Fame. He played 21 games for the Blues and has played a crucial role with the team over the past few series as one of Brad Fittler's assistant coaches. And Brandy invited Denny up to his hotel room at Blues Camp in Coogee as we welcome back Greg Alexander. Uh, here we are in Blues Camp, room 616 Crown Plaza, and I'm joined by the great Danny Badiris. Welcome, Dan. Hey, Brand. It's a good view up here. It Le- is. Level six. Uh, it is. Yeah, level six. <laughs> Big room. Well, we share rooms. Yes. Um, now, I'm sharing with my my son, Liam. So Beautiful. I'm sitting on Liam's bed. Who are you rooming with? I'm with the great Mary, Paul McGregor. Very, okay. Very clean Mary, I, and I'm a bit like that myself, so it's, it's going well. It's going well at the moment. Okay. Well, let's talk about... Now, you've been in your role for five years. Um, this is our sixth season coming in. Um, great to have Joey back. COVID's over. Joey was never going to be a co- we're never going to work with no. Joe, was it? COVID, the, the lockdowns. He was never going to work with us. No, that's right. But it is good to have Joey back in camp with us, isn't it? It is. He he's right in in tune, and now he, I'm I'm sure all the listeners have heard the way he speaks about New South Wales, the way he speaks about Origin. Um, he just comes alive. He's really passionate about it, and I think the players are really benefiting uh, from his his focus and how he wants things to to run and. You know, that's it's a different sort of style of coaching uh, origin a little bit. You come in, it's very intense, it's very direct, and um, you know we haven't had too much to do from a training perspective at the minute. But um, you know, looking forward to Thursday, Friday, and Sunday, probably the biggest days of uh, of the preparation. Yeah. Now, Mary McGregor, uh, of course, Fitzy was involved uh, in the early days. Uh, Fitzy moved on to now coaching the Sharks, second season. But uh, Paul McGregor joined us last year. 
Maori, another great New South Wales Origin player, and fantastic to have him as you know part of the the setup coming into our second season with him. He, he's doing a fantastic job. Uh, as I spoke about the top of top of our chat here, very very clean, but also so organised. He's he's very prepared in all his training drills, with all his training, um, all his vision, everything mm. that. Uh, uh, Fred wants because you know Fred's that sort of person as well. He thinks um, you know, sometimes off the cuff, which is so good for a coach like that to be off the cuff. But you also need someone really organised in your staff. You need to be throwing different angles at uh, at your head coach and making sure um, what he wants and and what he gets is is on on song. And, and Mary's perfect for that. It is. It is like I I love it when we all get together and we get together early in the mornings uh, and go for a walk. And not always do we talk tactics, but. I enjoy sitting down with the likes of you, Freddie, Paul McGregor, Andrew John, sit there and listen. Just the, the, the rugby league chat is fantastic. It is. We're, we're all just, we're, we're footy nuts. We, we love it. Um, and we love this time of year. It's, there's no doubt that um, Origin really gets us going. And it's um, you know, when we're just bouncing off each other in and around you know, the old, the history of Origin and different things that happen. And, you know, obviously the series and, and the future of Origin as well, like, where does uh, you know we we need a big series? It's, there's no mm. doubt about that. So uh, we you know a lot of effort, a lot of work goes into organising game plans to make sure we can get a result. Now the blue ball on Monday night, you're inducted into the New South Wales Rugby League Hall of Fame, which was a great moment, um, a great moment for you and your family. Chris was there. It was a great moment for our table sitting there, and I know we all felt really proud because of what you've been able to do in the blue jersey. You played between 2002. Uh, in 2008, so you played seven series. You didn't miss a game. You played you played 21 straight games. So you've that's that's a record, 21 straight, and also a record uh, as the most games as skipper, um, which is quite an achievement and great recognition on Monday night. You must have been thrilled. Yeah, I was blown away, Brian. It's um, that was fantastic. You just mentioned. The names and the table had Mark Hughes and his wife and mm-hmm. uh, Kirk Gidley, who I've, I've played a lot of footy with, and his wife. And uh, to share that, that with that table and the people in the room, but um, now you play the game for different. And, and the stage with Michael Cronin, mm-hmm. Michael Cronin, you know, like someone um, I've just adored, adored watching play, and everyone's gone down to try and kick like the crow over the years. And you know, I've watched Origin since I was a kid, and all those memories uh, came flooding back to me when I'm, you know, sitting on that stage and just thinking about. How could I be long some of these names? So, yeah, it was a fantastic night. You know, you play the game for, for um, to compete. You play the game to, to win. And, um, you know, those accolades, when you retire, that you do get and come across, it's, um, yeah, it's pretty special. Uh, now, we're dressed in suits. We, we put our gear on. We're, we're dressed in suits, which, was, which, was quite, which is quite different <laughs> because over the five years, we've worn some really odd cl- pieces of clothing. Um, now, Freddie's been sacked as, as to... <laughs> He's got nothing to do with the gear this year, and that's what we said. Well, with, look, MJ Bale, Bale suits can't go wrong. Perfect. Um, I'll go back to the first series, 2018, and uh, we looked like vampire hunters. We did. We, we had turtlenecks. <laughs> we, were, we were all dressed in black. Uh, the men in black, and we, were, we had a job to do. And, uh, yeah, I think over the years, um, it started to slowly get taken off Freddie. We've had uh, shoes with no socks. Um <laughs> We've had rolled up uh, three-quarter pants. You, can, you can't be 50 or 50-plus 50 wearing a skivvy. Like, it just doesn't work. There's, there's some fashion things and, and rules that Freddie broke all of them. 
he did. He did. Well, when we were walking that first match down at the MCG, we were walking from the, the hotel, the Pullman, to the MCG, and it took dead set five minutes to get down there. So that's why we did it. And I think all all people from Melbourne just go, "Who the hell are these guys here?" You know, we were just walking as a big group, all dressed in black. They got their, their headphones on, and yeah, yeah. So even even that that broke the mould, didn't it? Um, mm. Walking to an Origin game the first time, um, and I, I think you'd, you'd speak to anyone going, "What you walking?" So. Instead of getting in a bus, it was it was perfect. So, you know, obviously as, as a coaching group, but Freddie uh, definitely likes to do things differently. Uh, now, in your in your career, your origin career, you had uh, a drawn series. The first one you played, two thousand and two. Then you won three. Then you lost three. Mm. And and I've said um, numerous times there there is nothing like an origin loss mm. or win either way. Like it it is it's either so high or bottomless pit, yep. uh, soul-destroying last year's decider at Suncorp Stadium, one of those moments where the dressing room was like a morgue. But we'll go back to your career, and the what what was the moment during those three series wins that you can remember? Which one sort of was just hit hit the high note? Yeah, well, th- debuting at 2002, um, I wasn't even club captain. I wasn't club captain, in, so we know four... Um, I was captain, got named captain of, of the Blues. And that for me was huge because, you know, I didn't believe that I'd, I'd be a captain material of, of the state. Like that's, uh, that was a huge thing to do. And, um, you know, when Freddie came back, we had, we had a bit of a drama. Um, the first night in camp, we, we all bonded and a lot went on. And my leadership was probably questioned. I was thinking, oh, how am I going to do this? So, um, But no one was questioning you. You, you no, were wondering. Was, you were questioning yeah, it yourself. I was questioning myself, going, geez, what? No, I've got to be a bit firmer in a few different situations here. So, um, Freddie came back for game two. He came back for game two, and I learned a lot off the way he prepared, and uh, especially at training. You know, it's one of the things he's pretty famous for. There's no warm ups at training; you're straight into it. So, especially Origin, you can't start a game like that. So, um, I learned a lot of, you know, around preparation for as a skipper and what you need to do to to be pretty direct with with your squad and how you got to get things done. So, um, yeah. So, and then Joey comes back. You know, comes back in '05 and. Um, you know, he coming off that knee injury and the way he performed for me—that's that was something to be. Um, You'll never forget that, yeah, that one. Pretty yep. special to be a part of because I knew what he did to get through. He played limited footy, played limited pre- preparation in in camp, mm. and still you talk to some of the players that were um, functioning on that day in that uh, training session, our last training session, and they still say that's probably one of the best sessions I've ever been involved in, which was Joey's first session of the of the series. And um, I remember just sitting down the front of the bus with Ricky Stewart. Just with the game plan was just written on paper, and it was just going. Through, yeah, I got it, got a stick, got it, mate. Mm. Yep, I'm sorted. So he just went on with so much confidence. Yeah, that's Joe. Now, yeah. what, what about losses? And I'm I'm just thinking of 2006. So when when the when the the run of yep. 12 from 13 started for Queensland, it was it was 06, and it was a game or a series that New South Wales well, could have won it so easily. Yep. Yeah, that was highly disappointing. And we were, Eddie had stadium down there in Melbourne with the roof on. I still remember that. And we we're all but, you know, only minutes from winning, winning the um, the series. And it was a wayward pass that was scooped on by, by Lockie and off he goes and scores. And, you know, those years from then to all those series wins by Queensland was just so hard to watch, you know, and it just started that run. And those, those great players that did come through for Queensland. But um, but there's never, ever much in origin. It always comes down to some moment, one moment here and there. And, you know, you still see that today. Well, look at the teams that are picked for, for game one in Adelaide. Um th- line them up against each other. There's very little between them. Very little. Very little. The Queensland teams are uh, all on fire this year. They're, they're performing really well. 
as teams and as individuals and you know we've got challenges in that you know in, in front of us on on Wednesday night there's no doubt and then so is Queensland they've they've got some challenges too so we're really looking forward to the preparation as we spoke about we you sort of break the camps up into three parts you you break it up into the the connect the, the bonding or you know getting to getting to know and this group is the majority of the group has been um together for a while now so they all know how things roll in here and um and then you get into the hard work which starts Thursday get right into the hard work and um, sort of finish off sort of Tuesday when you get get the final preparations, the fine point stuff, and, and get it done. So, yeah, looking forward to the back end of the week, and um, it's going to be a cracking series. It's going to be a hell of a series, and um, get to come back here for Game 3 um, in New South Wales. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, now, uh, new players and players returning. So, you know, new faces, Hudson Young, very exciting. Always exciting when there's a, a, a few that will make their debut, Tavita Pangai and and also Nico Hines. Exciting for those players' beds, they all look and and I, I think some of the battle, not all of it, but some of the battle is, do I belong in in this arena? And I think if you can, if 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 I had a ch- I'd say to all three, well, of course you belong in the re- arena. Like you, you, you're all fantastic players. You wouldn't be here if everyone didn't think you belonged. And I'm sure the teammates and the coaching staff will have those players believing that they belong in the arena before game one. Absolutely. You, you look at, uh, as a person at home, you're a professional rugby league player like these guys are, and they're at their clubs, and they they watch Origin. They're watching Origin, obviously, as the pinnacle of the game. They go, wow, we want to be part of that. And on TV, it, it's huge. Like It comes across like a massive show, which it is. It's entertainment plus. There's so much going on in Origin, and they all want to play in it. And all of a sudden, your name gets read out. And you're like, I actually am going to be playing in that game. And as soon as they walk into training into the environment here you can see you know they just want to be they're in amongst the elite elite environment and with the players that from all those other clubs that had so much success and played in those origin games and won origin games and you know you start thinking to yourself this is me i've I've arrived here now so these guys have got a huge role to play you know you feel for the guys that are um aren't in the in the team that have been in the team in the previous years but it's just the way it evolves it keeps moving and it moves fast origin and um these guys get a great opportunity nico hines hudson young and and tavita as you said that's uh they're guys that are got a huge role to play for us yeah uh now those players returning and 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 always great to see them back and they were players that were involved back in in 2018 josh adokar latrell mitchell tom draboyevich uh tyson frizzell uh great to have them back uh, as well. Absolutely. Frizz, probably second most capped sort of New South Welshman, I guess, yep. uh, behind Teddy. So I think he's got 14. So Frizz, uh, yeah, he's had an awesome year. Um, so good to have the energy of uh, Josh Adekar back, Latrell, and uh, they're both in, you know, obviously Josh hasn't played much this year with his, with his injury, but he doesn't have to be fit. He just has to be fast, which he is. And um, from a point of view, his aerobic fitness I'm talking about. But um, you know, you can just see the vibe that they've got with in the connection between him and Latrell and just vibrates through the team and throw in, you know, Stevie Crichton and, and Jerome Luai. There's a lot of energy in those outside backs and, um, you know, it carries through the team. Well, Beds, we've still got a few days before kickoff, so uh, it is very exciting. We'll get through camp, uh, we'll head to Adelaide and hopefully we can come home with a win uh, in game one. Well, yeah, another quick thing about Brand, your clothes, mate, you, you just dressed in blues gear from... From minute one, aren't you? Well, I don't bring anything else in. <laughs> I, I don't bring anything else with me. So I, I pack light. I come in. I know that uh, you got to wear your kit. So I wear kit all the time, all day. All day. I wake up. Every day. I put it on. I start the day. I finish the day in New South Wales kit, and I'm happy to do that. Beds. If the sponsors are so happy, so happy with you, Brad. Thanks for joining us. Good man, mate. 
We look forward to having Brandy back in the SEN corridors, fully kitted up in Blues gear. And that's all we've got time for in Bleed Blue, the New South Wales origin story. Stand by tonight for SEN's coverage of State of Origin Game 1, live from the Adelaide Oval.